Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello there, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me here in episode number four. In this episode, we are going to be talking about five quick things that you can do before reading so that you can set your students or your small group up for success. We have spent so much time in the previous episodes talking about those important things, the important factors of what makes reading comprehension easy versus what makes reading comprehension hard for some of our students. So we know that we need to be talking about background knowledge before we even start reading. Maybe there are pictures or videos or stories that we could be sharing. Maybe we could do a KWL chart where we talk about what we know, what we want to know, and what we've learned so that we can really pull some of that background knowledge out and help expand on what they know. It's also our job to kind of fill in any gaps in that background knowledge before we begin reading. If it would be nice that they knew this or that they saw this picture or they watched this video, then we should be showing them that so that we can fill in those gaps before we dive into something that's not going to make a lot of sense to them. We've also talked a lot about setting a purpose, practicing those strategies by asking a question or giving them a task. So I'm going to share these five activities so that you can, before you even start reading, set a really good foundation so that your students are ready to comprehend as much as possible for their level. My first activity is what I call background knowledge bubbles. And so I'm going to use an example from my reading series. If you're a reading series user, this is green level 30 or week 36 from the green level. And in this passage or this week, we will be talking about the game of chess and it explains the rules and how you can move and all chess is complicated guys here. So with this, before we start talking about chess, we should probably know what the game board looks like. We should probably know maybe what a tournament looks like, what some of the pieces look like. Those are things that we should probably look up with a picture or a video, or maybe, I don't have this, but maybe if I had a story to tell about chess, I could share a story. I could see what my students know. Maybe they have stories. Maybe they've played it or tried it or failed at it. Whatever the case may be, access that background knowledge before you begin. And in the booklet for this passage, there are all these little background knowledge bubbles. Each bubble either has a word related to chess or it's empty. So if you are reading about any passage, come up with some bubbles with words that are related to that. For example, in the book about chess, The bubbles are rules, pieces, and checkmate. 
There are also three empty bubbles for students. Maybe they shout out another word. Maybe they say tournament. Well, hey, that's a great word. That's related to chess. That could be a bubble. And then as we're reading, we might say, oh, it's telling us, you know, about the rules. And we can jot down information in the bubble so that we can add to our background knowledge as we're reading. But before we even begin, we're going to talk about what some of these words are. What do you know about the rules of chess? Maybe there is minimal knowledge of any of the rules of chess. Maybe it's like, well, I know you're supposed to get the king, but I don't really know how to get the king. Okay, you have background knowledge. You have something to build on. What do you know about the pieces? Well, uh, I know there's a king and a queen, but I know there are a lot of others that have all these hard names. Okay, they have some background knowledge on that. Maybe we watch a video to add to it. Maybe we dive right in and read about it. But either way, we're looking at what they know and giving them some of those vocabulary words and topics and discussing it together. So to me, I use a lot of what's in this the printable book. However, you could draw this on an anchor chart. You could take a blank piece of paper and draw several circles and put various words inside the circles that are related to the topic. Now, the second activity is very, very similar, and it is called exclusion brainstorming. With exclusion brainstorming, Think of the same concept as far as I put words in the bubbles ahead of time, but think of it as this list of words, some of which are related, some of which are not related to the topic. And as you're going through, you might say, okay, do you think that the word king might be related to chess? If we're reading about chess, are we going to read about a queen? Yes, a king, yes, and we would circle those. But do you think that in the game of chess, we're going to talk about dice? Do you think we're going to talk about a game of a deck of cards? Do you think we're going to talk about um, the playground? Oh, probably not. Those things are probably not, and we are going to exclude them from our list. So we are naturally talking about all of that background knowledge that they do or that they don't know and bringing it to the surface so that we can really see what do they know about whatever this topic happens to be. So whether it's background bubbles where you are only giving words that actually apply to the topic or you're going to give an array of words, some of which apply and some of, some of them don't, you can start to talk about the background knowledge that they know that they don't know about that topic. Another pre-reading activity would be to take a picture walk. Depending on what you're reading, you might have a lot of pictures. You might have not many pictures at all. Maybe instead of a picture walk, we could just call it a text walk. And we could look at the text, look at the titles, look at the captions, look at the charts. What is there that you can look at and preview? I think that a picture walk or a text walk is really important because that leads to yet another activity that you can do, which is asking questions. We know that one of the reading strategies that good readers implement is to be able to ask questions as you're reading. 
Now, why did the author say this? What's going to happen next? Why did she do that? Why do, why does this animal do this, that, whatever? So asking questions is what drives us to keep going. So a lot of times I utilize think time for asking questions. So after we read just a little bit or we take our walk and we're looking through the book or looking at the titles, then we ask questions. So we'll have one minute where all I want you to do is come up with one question. And then we share those as a group. In total, I usually like to have three questions. So if I have four or five members of the group, if we can come up with four or five questions, that's great. But we don't always. Sometimes some of them are duds. But overall, we try to come up with at least three, if not more. Um, a member of my resource room Facebook group, um, she was so brave and did a Facebook live with me a while back where she shared how she uses the reading series that I have created for the resource room and how she uses that in her resource room as well. And one of the uh, tips or one of the suggestions that she had given was to use question dice or dice with just who, what, when, where, how, why on the dice so that those students who are struggling to come up with a question, going back to the book about chess, if I had asked them to come up with questions, you know, somebody might've said, how do you learn to play chess? Do you need to be a certain age to play chess? And then you might have that kid who says, well, my dad plays chess. He's really good. Okay, well, thanks, but that's not a question. And that is a hard skill. That's why it's a strategy that we are working on. That's why it's something that we're practicing. And so because of that, having the dice really allows them to roll it and be like, okay, my word is what? What? What question could I ask that starts with what? So maybe it's, um, what does the chessboard look like? Okay, great question. But without that stem, without that word to get them started, asking questions can be very hard. So practicing that before you even begin reading, that way when we run into the answer, my kids a lot of times will say, hey, we asked that. Even if it's a couple days later, that's what you wrote on the chart. I asked that question on Monday because we were talking about asking questions about sharks or about chess. And we record those on a piece of paper and we stick them and hang them all week long. So as we're reading, if we see the answer to our question, we go write it on our chart. So asking questions is a great pre-reading activity, but it's also something that can be done while you're reading as well. My last pre-reading activity is a good one because it is going to transition right into a during reading activity. And this activity is called a character trait search. With a character trait search, it works best with stories with more than one main character or more than one character that kind of has a big role where you're going to be able to describe some characteristics about your main character. So with this, you're going to write the names of the main character on a chart, and then you're going to come up with a handful, maybe two, three, four, whatever um, would fit, and you are going to give some traits of those characters. Maybe they're honest, maybe they're brave. And as you read, you're gonna look for examples of those. 
but this is a pre-reading activity because how am I going to know that this character might be brave? How am I going to know what the word brave means without a little bit of pre-teaching, without a little bit of knowledge ahead of time? I need to know before I begin reading that I'm looking for examples of bravery or I'm looking for examples of honesty so that once we start, I can be like, hey, this is an example of honesty and so-and-so is being honest, but this, she is not being honest. And it's a great way to give your students a purpose, to talk about some of those vocabulary words, to share some examples. When was the time you were honest or have you ever had a time where you're not honest, you were not honest with somebody? And talk about all of that before you dive in to characters who are being honest or being brave or not being honest or not being brave. So a great, great pre-reading strategy that's going to tie right into a during reading strategy or activities so that you can continue that as you're reading. Now, in next week's episode, we are going to talk about during reading activities, things that you can do as you're reading to help your students better understand what you're reading. So I can't wait. I'll see you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.